Hello, welcome to the Astra Economic Review. My name is John Eckstein. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of Astra Investment Management. I'm joined today by my friend and partner, Rob Stein. Rob, hello. Hey, John. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And not just any Friday, Rob. It's the Employment Situation Report, our favorite day of the month. It's Friday, October 6th, a little bit after the report came out. We're going to run through it real quick. I think my sort of economy in a nutshell is that we're kind of pretty close to Goldilocks slash soft landing, however you want to put it. Inflation mm-hmm. and growth still solid. You agree with that as like a 10-second review of the economy? I do. And it was not what I thought would be happening heading into the fourth quarter. But yes, that's the best way to describe it. So earlier this month, we did have the personal managers surveys. Those came out improving and a little bit better than expected generally. Maybe not the services, but prices paid manufacturers is down. Employment of manufacturers is up. So good, good, and good. Then the, to the real excitement, of course, is the payrolls. Big number, 336 uh, out of 336. 80,000 or so government jobs, but those jobs pay. Unemployment rate ticked up a bit, maybe for good reasons. Good reasons being we're luring people back into the labor market with our abundant job situation. Hourly earnings, they are, as Rob pointed out to me before the call, are up 4.2 year on year, but they're only up 0.2 month on month, annualizes Mm -hmm. to you know, two and a half percent or something, since that's a nominal number that's completely consistent with the Fed hitting its inflation target. That you have to squint to find some bad news in this number. And I I'm not sure I'm not sure I can see any. How about you? Agreed. And it was a surprise, right? Yes. So I agree, evenly distributed, all right, government jobs maybe was the laggard, right? But not only is it hard to find something bad in this number, but it's also the trend that people thought was stalling evidently uh, is not. So it's hard to find something bad in the number. It supports a lot of things that were earlier in the year that were good. And it might give an indication that things may remain good through the rest of the year, early 2024. Yeah, we do see economists revising up their expectations for next year, which is something that we found has correlated with stronger growth in the past. The way we look at the world is improving a little bit. The economy is improving a little bit. So what do you think about, is this going to affect the Fed? The next meeting is November 1st. We'll have one more CPI between now and then. That's probably the only substantive news. What do you see the Fed outlook? So this is probably where you and I disagree and maybe the consensus forecast. I, I think they're hiking. I don't think they're done. I don't think this hiking cycle is over. And if they pause and I'm wrong, then I didn't say this. No, if they pause <laughs> and I'm wrong, it's because they're going to hike at the next meeting. There's one in December, right? Yeah, we've got two more meetings this year, one in November, one in December. So you see a hike by the end of the year. The Fed Fund market disagrees with you. Yeah, but the Fed Fund's market also thought we'd be lowering rates by now. They did. They did a couple months ago. That's true. You should take them with a grain of salt. 
and they, yeah. So right now the Fed fund futures market, but you know, it is a pure way to bet on what's going to happen. So if you're convinced like you could, you know, sell a December Fed fund future, which has a 50% chance of a hike baked in. And then by the time you get out a year to the red December, it's got three cuts priced in. That's what that looks like. I am in the camp that the Fed is very unlikely to hike under sort of any circumstances between now and November. Things have been going their way for several months. Even one bad inflation number might not knock them over the edge. It might depend on the sort of chatter around that. And I don't see why they have to hike if inflation is heading back towards target in, you know, sort of a steady way. And it would take several months to change that assessment for me. Right. So I hear that. I think there's some technical reasons. I also think inflation is pausing, not not done. But I also can see a scenario where they they overdo it so that they can give an early rate cut as a signal more so than having it be impactful. I think it'd be tough to stop here and then for some reason be lowering rates in the first quarter of 2024. But taking one back would seem more productive for early 2024 if things get wobbly or if all the people who are on the wait list for the recession start to be proven correct. I could see some technical reasons why they would want to do that. Um, The bond market's doing it for them anyway, but yeah. Yeah, the bond market reaction was sort of interesting today. A new local maximum bond prices, 10-year yields got as high as 485 they're substantially below that now, but they did spike way up on the number, I think, with the good news is bad news scenario. But, you know, I'm wondering if like good news is just good news. And the stock market has done a lot better through the rest of the day as well. Right. Interesting things, John, about the stock market or the stock indices. I think earlier in the week, first week of October, the Russell turned negative. Yeah. You have a huge dichotomy of performance between equal weight cap weight, NASDAQ, small cap, Dow, and S&P. Yeah, so, just, just looking at a few things on my screen, right? Like there's a dividend index that we look at, which is down 10% of the year. There's the Russell, which is about even on the year. And then there's the NASDAQ, which is up 35% on the year. So it's like, right. it's a big, big spread. It is. And I think it might be the reaction to how quickly rates rose and the various different types of businesses that make up those sectors are impacted by that. Higher wages, which I know are moderating, but take a little while for them to impact businesses. And I think it speaks to something we were were talking about uh, earlier today, and that is the overall weakness in the economy seems to be a very tough thing to accomplish. It seems that over the last several years, it's very uneven of parts of the economy that are suffering. And you know, you talk to all the commercial real estate lenders and parts of the economy that are doing well, you know, some technology, AI related chip stocks 
and you kind of set up a rationale for unemployment to remain below levels that historically they peak at during contractions or recessions. And that segues into our, our interest rate discussion. Yeah, no, um, I, think, I think that, you know, so when we were starting out in the business, I was taught that recession started in the manufacturing sector, right? That was the part that mm-hmm. had acted the fastest, had the, you know, made the least inventory, they could hold the least inventory. So like the manufacturing section would start to weaken and then that would spread to the rest of the economy. And I don't think that's the case anymore. We've had a couple of manufacturing mm-hmm. recessions in the last few years. It didn't spread the broader weakness and you know we, we we had we had recessions in the energy sector you know over the last few years so that's why yeah, I mean, so like so the broad based what we are concerned about with the stock market is you know broad based economic weakness leads to very difficult times historically for for stocks and that's what we're on the lookout for and from that metric we have to be getting a, a little bit more optimistic than we were 2 or 3 months ago for sure where that Segues back to our our interest rate suggestion forecast prognosis. Is the impact of interest rates on slowing an economy and slowing employment trends is very sector specific? Because if I would have told you eighteen months ago that the ten year, the five, the ten year would be touching up near five percent, you would think that many businesses would have be having challenges. And it's impacting some businesses, but not not others. And that's why I'm suggesting that rates need to go a little higher to break the back of inflation, because five uh, percent isn't, the, the, isn't having the same impact. The problem with that is that inflation is going the right direction, right? Like, why yeah. why make another change until you're absolutely sure you have to? That's a good point, right? But I think quietly the Fed is looking at three and a half, three point eight percent unemployment. And secretly whispering, why isn't this at four? Yeah, but every month that goes by, you have to change your priors, right? Yeah. They thought that they, you know, begin the year, they definitely had one expectation that has to be been shifted down in terms of what the sustainable unemployment rate is. You could definitely tell this technology story about sure. that too, if you want to, right? Like it's not yeah. that, that hard to imagine it. No, right, productivity, et cetera. But I want to throw something to change the conversation a little Whoa. bit Whoa. about the Fed. Whoa. Whoa, I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Curveball and <laughs> I'm excited. We didn't, I don't know about ball that. One. Let's hear it. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the Fed and the Fed's balance sheet. They've let a trillion roll off, I think, this year. They're holding a lot of hold to maturity securities. Uh, available to sell securities is a very small supply all of a sudden. And many, myself, believe none of this really matters in what's happening with monetary policy. You know, the Fed's going to lose money for the first time in, I don't know, half a century, right? What do you think about that? Do you think that impacts monetary policy? Do you think that impacts liquidity, interest rates, the economy? Well, I mean, I think that... You know, the consensus is that the portfolio, the Fed's portfolio does matter for interest rates and therefore interest rates and interest rates matter for the economy, right? And so the Fed's balance sheet peaked this time. Local maximum is like 37% of GDP. Now it's at 30% of GDP. The peak after the global financial crisis was 25% of GDP. So we're above where we were, a lot above where we were in 2019, 50% higher than we were in 2019. And so, you know, that might speak in favor of your argument that that 
long-term rate should be higher, right? Like we've been keeping a thumb on the scale with this big balance sheet. And as you know, the supply increases, I think I remember what happens to price, right? (laughs) Uh It, It goes down. There you go. So I guess that would be, you know, and it's funny, like I haven't thought about the Fed's balance sheet in a long time, but it has come down quite sharply in the last 18 months and at a much more, much more sharply than it did when things kind of went off the rails in 2019. Yeah. And it's being talked about. I've read some things about it and I've talked to Nick. It's an interesting situation. There isn't a lot of empirical evidence of where this points us. Uh, so you you have to kind of go back to the logic process. Uh, I think the Fed's balance sheet losing money is just a journal entry. And it's something that's curious to me and I enjoy keeping an eye on it. Yeah. I mean, you and I are interested in sort of the minutiae of monetary policy and, and perhaps not everybody is sadly for their, their, their impoverished lives. The thing I would say about the Fed's losing money is that if people are being very critical or Cassandra-y about the Fed's profit situation, how happy were they when the Fed was making profits hand over fist, right? Like, do they have a sort of symmetrical view on that? Or is this only a one-way thing that spells doom when, when it's going the wrong way? That's all. Yeah, and it is. It's only when it's going the wrong way. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, the perfect uh, the perfect Wall Street note is is it's almost time to sell socks, right? Because like right. they hold stocks because they go up most of the time, but almost time to sell socks is people want to be, read the bear case. They always want to read the bear case because our brains are our little brains are made like that. I think we'll leave it there as we get further afield of our remit. And if you would like more of our economic analysis, you can see the Astra website or reach out to your Astra sales rep. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, John. Astor Investment Management, LLC, is an SEC-registered investment advisor. All investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. There is no guarantee any investment strategy will achieve its objectives or be profitable. All information contained herein is for informational purposes only and does not constitute advice for any particular individual. This is not a solicitation to offer investment advice or services in any state where to do so would be unlawful. Analysis and research are provided for informational purposes only, not for trading or investment purposes. All opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and subject to change. They are not intended as investment recommendations. Occasionally, guest speakers not affiliated with Astor are featured, and their opinions are their own and not necessarily shared by Astor. See Astor's form ADV on AstorIM.com or the SEC website for additional information.